Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. News in the morning, in exile. I am V, and I'm joined by the illustrious producer extraordinaire, the one and only CJ. And we're going to bring you, we're going to break down a lot of things going on. We're not going to get into it immediately. Uh, we're just going to wait a little bit until a lot of you join in, because I realize that with Twitch or with DLive or one of these other platforms, like in YouTube, when you set a live stream, you could actually, you're, you're alerted that a stream will begin X amount of time out, like, you know, five hours out, four hours out, 24 hours in advance, you'll know that a stream is being set up. So I don't want to start this stream and really get into it uh, until a few minutes where I know all of you are on. There's a lot to cover. And you got a lot of uh, Johnny-come-latelys who think they understand the geopolitical game, and they don't. This morning, I reached out to Andre Martinov. I'm waiting for Andre to get back to me. We're going to have him on. Uh, so we're waiting here. We're not going to have Andre on today, but we're, I also have my buddy Nico, who's in the Ukraine currently. He's uh, really right by uh, the Donetsk and uh, Donbass region of Ukraine, so there's a lot going on over there. So CJ and I are just going to wait here for a few minutes before we get into this because I don't want any one of you to miss what is happening Siege, lots going on, brother. I know you want to get into it as well. So how are you doing, bud? Uh, Doing great. Uh, Just, you know, very exciting to be watching all the events unfolding. And then then likewise, watching some of the idiots who have absolutely zero, any type of geopolitical experience who are more focused on, yeah, more focused on like the stupidity of the left-right paradigm. Try to elaborate and contribute into what's happening uh, geopolitically, B. I mean, I saw the thing on Tim Pool. Uh, poor Timmy. He 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 has a preschool level understanding of what's going on. I commented on his uh, comment section. Some a few people hit me with a thumbs up. But um, yeah, they have no clue. They have no clue. You're not gonna. What we're gonna get into today, folks. You're you're not gonna find that on louder with Crowder. You're not going to find it on Infowars.com. You're not going to find it on Tim Pool. You ain't going to find it on anywhere. We're going to even get into an aspect of of the financials, you know, behind all of this and where it's going and why this is happening. You know, we're going to really war game it out today. And by the end of the show, I'm hoping that uh, a lot of you get a, a really good grasp on what is happening. So there's a lot going on. See, it, what a what a an amazing weekend to say the least, right, bud? Yeah, I mean, all the way around, right? You know, there was so much speculation, so much conversation, you know, leading into it, and then all of a sudden, you know, what what transpired was just, you know, one of those moments V that I think will will forever go down in history. And and we need to ensure and why we're doing our part V is to ensure that history documents this correctly 100 uh, versus what what's going to be taught in the textbooks that there was an aggressive uh, russia takeover of ukraine that will be blasted throughout the west v yeah because uh the ukraine is rewriting its history ukraine is a made-up country folks 
It's a made-up artificial country. Uh, it, it, it's more made-up. Let's put it this way. I, I think Israel has more of a historical um, circumstance behind it. I'm just talking about the land of Palestine. I'm just talking about that region, the geo, that the region, the country where Israel situated has more historical provenance than Ukraine. Okay. And we're going to get into that. And again, I'm going to give you guys a few more minutes because I want all of you to jump on the stream. So, you know, there's a lot going down. I want to open up with a, uh, a an American who's on the border. Uh, he's actually in the Donetsk, Donbass region. Uh, this was the and he has his little video so you can hear, hear it. Right. And um, this was the day before Vlad. I eat globalists for dinner. Putin did a fanciful move and absolutely kicked incredible ass. I, I, I love it. Um, totally remarkable and amazing to say the least, man. It, it was very good. Very good indeed. Anyway. Um, yeah, let me see if we can pull this up. Yeah, I, I jumped in. I jumped in via my, my phone to the Rogue News TV Twitch. Yeah, and the stream is coming through loud and loud and clear, uh, but it does not appear that notifications were probably sent yeah, out. That, yeah, um, I did post it in the Discord channel, so all of the people who are subscribed and participate in the Rogue News server on Discord, uh, you should have been alerted uh, to the live stream. So, do us a favor if you're in the chat room, uh, tag people, share uh, in your feeds wherever you can this live stream. It's it's that important. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, there we go. There we go. We're seeing some comments come in here. Yeah, that's good. I got notified, and it's five by five. Okay, excellent. Very cool. Excellent. Okay, village guy. Village. We see village or village. Yeah, we need to talk about that. How do you want that pronounced, village guy? Village or village? Because <laughs> exceptional stand, we do things. Yeah, hobos here. Hey, hobo. Koga Pat, my man. Alan Bridgemohan Singh is in the house. What's up? What's going on, Alan? Alan, I gotta visit you. We gotta have some curry together, brother. Oh, who we got? We got Jack Orlu. That's Dixie. Dixie, what's up, man? How are you? Gilbert Novak, Mac Truck, Restream Texas, Tom Payne is in the house. Former FUD. Good morning to all of you gents. So the notification on Discord. Okay, G Green has uh, said the show the notification on Discord. We're going to give it a few more minutes and we're going to uh, uh, jump right into this this bad boy. Did you see the video, V? I don't know if it's true or not because you, you have to like question everything, but apparently leading into the discussion, there's a, a video and it could be an old video, mm. but apparently uh, Putin is on the piano and he's playing Oh Canada. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Master <laughs> Troll! <laughs> Master troll! Oh my god, that's hilarious! It could be old, man. you know. It could be dated. And someone recycled and said, "Oh gosh, Putin is so awesome." But regardless, to find that, oh. and then here's the shitty part: I don't even know if it's the actual song. Or not. It probably <laughs> is. Man. Playing whatever, but it probably. I thought is. that was pretty awesome, especially when you take a look at the amount of people that are criticizing, uh, and and especially V. I love how the word democracy is democracy. thrown around as if it doesn't. 
as if people really know the meaning, right? Where they're like, yeah. hey, you know what? You, you know, we're, we're in the United States. We're there to defend Ukraine because we're building a democracy. And, and I hear democracy. that. I hear that like time and time again. I'm like, wait a minute. Please explain to me what democracy you're talking about. Because, you know, it's funny how you criticize something that hasn't even happened in Ukraine yet. But the mainstream media, a lot of politicians won't say crap about what's happening north of the border, right? Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about level of tyranny of literally uh, Nazi Germany at our backstep and 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 uh, fag boy Trudeau is allowed to get away with that shit. It's just just crazy. Dude, it's disgusting. Do you understand? Like, like people don't understand that Christopher Friedland, who I'm starting to suspect at this point is Trudeau's handler. She's the one that's managing Trudeau has now wants to make it permanent that the government could monitor all your financial actions. They, they can go after your, you know, freeze your bank accounts. They can go after you. If you own crypto, they can go after your crypto. They can do whatever the hell they want. It is absolutely reprehensible. And they want, she wants to make it permanent. Why is it that when you have a woman in power, it's the most inane, tyrannical time? We are literally living the reign of the harpies, man. People are talking about if women ran the world, there'd be peace on earth. Well, there was a period during the during the entire Obama administration where women ran the world, and what we got Libya, Syria, uh, I, I, I mean Yemen. You know, we we had every Lebanon. We had so many disasters and wars and loss of life. You know, let's not forget Madeline Halfbright. Is it worth five hundred thousand dead Iraqi children? Yes, yes, it was worth it. Madeline Halfbright. These people are sick. They're absolutely mis- insane, man. Absolutely insane. Well, V, I, 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 I firmly believe that one of the decisive factors was when Putin, and I know we have a lot to talk about here, but I think, you know, again, I think that this really should speak volumes in terms of what's happening is I think one of the decisive moments where, where Putin looked at this and said, you know, Am I dealing with people who are being serious here? If people understand the yeah. ramifications of, in, in regards to the seriousness of this, this, you know, the matter here. And I think a pivotal moment is when the United States decided to send Kamala Harris to the Munich Security Conference. V. Oh my! I, I, and, I, and, I, and 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 why? Why would we send somebody with absolutely zero geopolitical experience who could truly understand the matter? And and I think I, I think Putin looked at that and said. You know what? They're, they're everything that they're doing is completely political, and and I talked about this on a, on a different podcast. But it was completely political sending Kamala to this so that she gets, you know, some type of recognition on the world stage as looking at it as, as some type of a leader or some type of a, of a of an authoritarian for the United States. And and to me, I you know that would have been one of the factors. I'm like, how can these people be taken seriously? Are, are they really? Are they really th- taking what I'm saying seriously? And then we. We do something like that, V, in, in regards to trying to broker any type of true negotiations of what Putin has, you know, completely lined out. By the way, doing so completely transparent in regards to reformation of, of some security guarantees for Russia. Yeah, absolutely right, man. It's um, these people are sick. They're psychopathic. And, and, and um, you know, Andre Martinov. He said it best. These are people, these good old boys. We're going to get into what Andre was talking about in terms of uh, this. I mean, this is going to be a long broadcast. We're going to go way over an hour. I don't know how long this broadcast is going to be, but we're, we're going to get into it hardcore and hard body. So get your seatbelts strapped in. You guys are about to get the master class 
right here on the geopolitical, geostrategic, geoeconomic, and I'm going to show you the money game involved in here. Why Europe? What is what is about Ukraine? What is it about Ukraine? Well, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that hardcore. All right, so get ready, folks. Again, it's a great meme that I memed out yesterday. I created it, and it, it perfectly pit, uh, you know, perfectly surmises this brilliant man who is who history will look back as probably one of the greatest statesmen, one of the greatest diplomats, and one of the greatest political figures in history. This guy is amazing. They're uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. Let your plans be dark and impenetrable as night, and when you move, fall like a thunderbolt. Boom. That is Sun Tzu. That is Putin style. Sun Tzu art of war. That is his judo style. That is uh, him using the momentum, the brain dead debauchery of the West against the West itself, and watching these low IQ miscreants scurry about grasping for relevance, grasping for some sort of modicum of influence and power in their dying global empire. All right. Here we go. Let's get this started. First and foremost, folks, first and foremost, let's get into there's we have a we have a gentleman that that you're going to love this, right? You know, I I've always said this. Russians and Americans are a perfect fit for each other. Literally a perfect fit. So are Germans. And the thing is between us, you know, us Americans and Russians, right? We have a maverick spirit. And and, and the globalists know this, right? The globalists know this. And what they want is to keep us separate. Okay? They want to keep us separate, and that's what they're doing. So let's get into this. Is a a, a gentleman by the name of uh, uh, I think Tim Bentley. Okay, he's a Texan. He lives in the region, um, and he's going to tell you exactly what the hell is going on. All right, let's start with this. I don't know if you can hear it right now, but there's a major battle: artillery, mortars, and machine guns going on not very far away from our house right here so i'm going to shut up and you guys listen hopefully you can hear what uh what's going on here on the edge of donetsk 5:30 in the afternoon on the 20th of february That's coming from two directions. That's uh, Alexandrovka over there, Marinovka over there. When you hear artillery, that means that they're shooting, fighting. When you hear the guns too, well, first of all, you can only hear you can only hear a, a, a gun going off from about 
a mile away. I hope you guys can hear that because that's some heavy, heavy shooting right there. I said the war was coming. Here it is. I know you heard that one. So now from Stari Mikhailovka, we're also hearing some shelling. So on three sides, there's fighting right now in Petrovsky's. Okay, so this video is about four minutes long now. That's enough. Show you what's going on. Hopefully you can hear the audio. Headphones, you should be able to hear it. Maybe without them. But uh, this is what's going on. It's hot in Petrovsky this afternoon, this evening. And the war is coming. So uh, we're going to get this uh, put out on the net before electricity and internet goes out. Keep in touch. See what's going on. Know which side's the good guys and which guy's the bad guys. Good luck to all good people. God protect the innocent. And may everybody else get everything they deserve. Davai. Hell yes. Wow. <laughs> Very informative. What do you have to say about that, Siege? Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's real, right? You know, you could actually hear the, the, the gunfire. You could hear the ammo. Uh, it'd be, yeah, I mean, directional in terms of where it's coming from. Uh, so boots on the ground reporting is uh, is awesome. It really is. Uh, uh, hopefully I get to bring my buddy Nico on. Ma Matthew Eric will be on at 2 p.m. And we'll probably have uh, Nico on directly from basically on the on the ground in that region. So hopefully we could do uh, an upfeed. Hopefully the, the power and the Internet and stuff are not messed with as of yet. We do know that Russian armor is moving in um, and whatnot. So let's get into the background of this. Okay, I want to first uh, get into one of my favorite analysts out there. And this is somebody that I recommend. Uh, you get his book. You um, get... There it is. You get his books. I have all three of his books. Um, I recommend this one right here, Losing Military Supremacy. The audible of this, if you're busy and you're, you know, you're working, having this play in the background while you're getting some work done, you're cleaning your house or whatnot is awesome. I've, I've, I remember doing some work around the, around the house, the garage and whatnot, and I have losing military supremacy playing in the background. The narration is fantastic. This is a very, very important book. Uh, gives you the actual perspective. And again, he's got Bentley, uh, Tim Bentley over there. I'm sorry, Russ Bentley is his game. He's right as well. So this is Andre Martinov's webpage, uh, Smoothie 
x12.boxspot.com and Andrea also is on Patreon. Become a Patreon member, support him. We're going to have Andre on. It's only a matter of just I'm in the process of coordinating with him. All right, so Andrea with his article, okay? Uh, it gives you a snippet and a synopsis of how stupid the West is, okay? How idiotic these morons are that we call politicians. These low IQ, low talented idiots who think because they, you know, got some sort of an endowment and they, you know, mommy and daddy paid their way through into into college that they they think they're better than us, folks. The elites are in a, a, a are in a circle and a circle jerk. Okay, they're in an echo chamber and they're in a very elite club, not of the most capable, most talented individuals. They're in a club of the most sickest, low IQ morons who think they're smart. And they have an incredible amount of hubris. And the problem with the modern Western elites is this. They are evil and they are stupid. And that right there is a very, very, very dangerous combination. Here, let's get into what Andre says. Anatole Lieven is an idiot. Which is expected from the Anglo-American dumbed-down PhD in political pseudoscience, and that's basically what the majority of American politicians are. They're all lawyers, or they're all political science majors. They're all pseudoscience majors. They don't have any any expertise in engineering, any expertise in science, nothing. Right? The guy who has absolutely zero background in the modern world, other than dropping quotes from people who describe the world in times of dreadnoughts and ballistic tables at best and operate on the very general idea of senseless-driven analog computers and basic principle of internal combustion engines. This is the basic case scenario. Now, we have all these humanities-educated strategists. Let that set in. One of the things that Andre always highlights about is that these people, they're only good for PR, public relations. And in fact, I would go even further into saying that Western politics Western politics has nothing to do with statecraft. I will say it again. Western politics, as you and I have been experiencing for the last 30 to 40 years, or 30, you know, 20 to 30 years more, more poignantly and more acutely, has nothing to do with statecraft and has everything to do with public relations that covers up the graft rape, and pillage of the country in which they govern. Has no reality on statecraft. None. These are humanities-educated strategists running like a bunch of goats slated for the slaughter, trying to make out what to do or what do they see in this complex reality. And as a, and as a result... We have the pseudo-scholastic BS in the Soros-funded Quincy Institute. And this is what this kind of garbage they say. Putin's move on Donetsk and Lugansk is legal, short of a new invasion. The next steps are critical. We must hold the threat of full-scale sanctions and Ukrainian military response. Ukrainian military response. Remember what I told you guys you know, a long while ago. America is willing to fight Russia to the last Ukrainian. <laughs> okay. And this is why you have this Western talking head, this puppet, this sock puppet, this humanities-educated PR agent whose only job is to keep the financial fraud going, stating 
the 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 threat of full scale sanctions and your Ukrainian military response. You think that you the Ukrainian military was was put through a meat grinder in Donetsk, in Lugansk, the whole Donbas region. They were put through a meat grinder. The body counts were through the roof. I remember I had boots on the ground telling me, hey, man, look, the, 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 there were 3,000 dead Ukrainians here, soldiers. They've had a, you know battalions absolutely slaughtered. And that's why they were never able to capture, even when the Yukis, even when the Nazi Azov Brigade and the Spavoda, the Nazis that this country, that you, we, the you know, exceptional stand supports, with full-on American contractors from Blackwater and Academy, as well as advisors from the American Green Berets, Special Operations Forces, were working with the Ukrainians in order to take back Donbass and Lugansk, they failed miserably. Just like they failed in August 8th of 2008 during the South Ossetia conflict, where you had, again, American contractors and American Green Beret and Special Operations Forces leading at that time the Georgian army to take South Ossetia, a historically Russian-speaking region of northern Georgia, and what happened? In two days, the Russians crushed that. And Dick Cheney couldn't get his war. They just don't learn, Martinov goes on. The incapable, they're incapable of learning. Top to bottom. I agree with that. For Levin, personally, I learned the goddamn history of Russia for the 20th century before offering your ignorant opinion on the issues of mobilization and the real economy before trying to make sense of the events on such a scale that the professors from your Cambridge college cannot even wrap their pea brains around it. Resign yourself to the simple fact that Islanders, UK and US, suck at real continental warfare. This is a fact. And you know zilch about it in the 21st century. Fact. Same as applied to real economy and R&D. Fact. We all know the American GDP numbers is absolute raging bullshit. I laugh when people look me straight in the eye and says, we have a $20 trillion economy. We all know, and I've said it a million times before, folks, the American GDP number that is put out is bullshit. Over 55% of it is reshuffled debt. I can prove it to you. That's a long conversation for another time, for another show. But they want to tell you that we have this great economy. They lie to you about everything. They lie to you about everything. They know nothing. Let me, let me explain something to you. The politicians, the PR agents, the low IQ PR agents that run this nation know nothing about real applied economics. They know nothing about real research and development. They know nothing about scientific advancement, engineering, nothing. Yet they continue to bloviate. It is really nauseating reading sweeping generalizations on strategy from people who would not recognize the difference between uncertainty in getting an STD from a crack whore in London and uncertainty in targeting received from space-based assets when sensory fused with platforms, organic sensors. I'm going to read that to you again. The politicians in the West, folks, do not know the difference between the uncertainty of getting an STD, a sexually transmitted disease, from a crack whore in London and the uncertainty 
in targeting received from space-based assets when sensory fused with platforms, organic sensors. Yet here we are, good old boys from elite colleges where they pretend to study trying to make sense of what they see, having no tools to grasp it. This is why his reasoning reads like this. Again, this is one of the talking head morons. Talking head morons, right here again, he's saying, Russia's actions has narrowed the space for diplomacy. This is such a joke. To resolve this crisis but yet not destroy it, as long as there is any hope of preventing a wider war, it is our duty to pursue pursue it, both in the genuine and credible threat of massive economic sanctions and by the genuine and sincere offer of reasonable compromise. Sounds and reads that as that of a totally detached from reality teenager, which is what all these Westerners are. You look at Trudeau, you think Trudeau is any sort of tactician? You think you think Trudeau's brain even operates at the same level of a Vladimir Putin's? Do you think you think Trudeau? You think uh, Christy Freeland that she has the thinking capacity anywhere near a Sergey Lavrov? Do you think the the retarded defense minister of of Canada can even comprehend the strategic acumen of Sergey Shoigu, the defense minister of Russia? They're completely outmatched and outclassed. These are political science, humanity degrees idiots playing war strategy with concepts, realities, and technologies that they have no idea about. Sad, really seeing this demagogue together with, uh, with Rod Dare from the TAC, among others, having attributing yet another pseudo-realist renumeration source in D.C., Andrew Basic, should know better, especially the fact that U.S. diplomacy is simulacrum. It's simulation. Right? What is simulacrum? And imagine a representation, an unreal or vague semblance. U- U.S. diplomacy in what they do domestically and abroad is all based on computer simulations. It's not based on reality. It's all based on computer Simulations. The gentleman that we had uh, showing the video of Russ Bentley talking about he is you know his call sign in that region is Texas, and this is a guy who fought for the LDNR, for the breakaway you know republic, and he recorded what life is like. Right, he knows who the bad guys are. Guys on the ground, they know who the bad guys are. And the West is absolutely idiotic. Hot on the heels of this, the brain-dead leader, Prime Minister Blowjob, Siege. Prime Minister Blowjob has now, or Bojo, also known as Boris Johnson, has come out with sanctions against the inner workings of Putin's elite. And now, Germany, because they want to commit suicide, because Germany wants to commit suicide, they decided to kill Nord Stream 2. Now, see, when, when, when you're freezing to death, 
killing a, a, a essential for life pipeline is a smart thing to do, right, Siege? I, I hope they're happy paying 20 or 30% more for their energy delivery of LNGV. That's all yeah. I can say, yeah. even if they can get it. Even if they can get it. But don't worry. You know, America has a plan. Buy our very expensive, poorly acquired energy at, at, at triple the cost. We'll take care of Europe, even though logistically we have no capability or capacity to do so. <laughs> This is the stupidity of these idiots, these academic idiots who've done nothing but spent their time in law firms and taking law classes and humanities degrees are running your country. You should be terrified. Europe's energy crisis deepened Tuesday as Germany halted the process of certifying the Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline. Putin's right-hand man, Dmitry Medvedev, responded to German Chancellor Olaf Scholz's comments about the certification of the controversial Russia to Germany national gas pipeline that that can't happen right now by tweeting, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz has issued an order to halt the process of cer- uh, of of certifying Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline. Let me just uh, bring this up so you guys can see for yourself. We will read Dmitry Medvedev's quote. Scholz has issued an order to halt the process of certifying the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline. Well... Welcome to the brave new world where Europeans are very soon going to pay 2,000 euros for 1,000 cubic meters of natural gas. That's great. They're going to be paying 50% more, Siege. That's wonderful. Yep. That's real progressive. (laughs) I'm sure Klaus Schwab, again, he's another idiot, right? Schwab is an idiot. We will have, uh, you will own nothing and you will be happy. And uh, I will, uh, I have penetrated all the governments of the West, Canada, oh, so many of them. We have penetrated all of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, V, and real quick, like someone pointed out earlier, all that's going to do is drive the contract price, the future contract price of, of natural gas even higher, which what does what? Only profits, you know, go to Russia. So they, they benefit either way. 100%. One hundred percent. These people are idiots. These people are idiots, and we could see that. Let's take a look. Okay, this is an interesting little graph here. As we make our way through this momentous day, a historical day, and let's take a look at this. Which countries export natural gas to the European Union? Oh. Cow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You got Norway and Russia. That's it. Russia accounts for damn near almost half. Okay? Damn near almost half. But don't worry. America, who accounts for 5%, is going to pick up the slack for the 50%. <laughs> you see, folks... People who graduate with law degrees and humanities degrees, like political science, they don't, you know, math is not their friend. They don't do well with math. Math is their enemy. They don't, they don't, they don't like it. The other thing, they don't, you know, the, the reason why 2 plus 2 is racist to them is because mathematics 
undermines their ideology. Mathematics and numbers exposes their farce. Mathematics and numbers exposes the fraud and the criminality of their behavior, and it proves, would be on a shadow of a doubt, that their world view is not only wanting, but it simply does not work and is evil at its core. And that's why they hate math. That's why one plus one is equals racist. <laughs> yep. That's why they're doing everything they can to te- try to teach your kids not math, but ideology. White One plus one is white equals white supremacy. One plus one equals racist. One plus one equals whatever you want it to equal. There's no definitive truth. Therefore, folks, you have to understand, it is designed to dehumanize you. Mathematics proves the reality of the universe. Mathematics proves the reality of life and existence. Mathematics proves the existence of God and a higher power. They don't like that. But don't worry. In the new math, with all the humanities degrees and political science morons and all the law degrees out there, they have figured out, CJ, a way that 5%, a 5% exporter to the European Union is going to pick up the slack for a country that accounts for damn near 50% of its total import for energy. What can go wrong, Siege? Good luck with that. Good luck with that. For those that don't know, let me show you real quick what the Nord Stream looks like so you guys can see it for yourself. And this is the pipeline coming directly out of Russia, Getting around Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Before there was a pipeline that that cut directly from Russia right through Ukraine into Europe. But ever since the beef started happening with Ukraine, Germany under Angela Merkel and Putin, they worked out this beautiful deal to have Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. And now this is going to be shot to pieces and going nowhere because the brilliant, brilliant, good old boy networks that are in the West who are a bunch of idiots. Absolutely. So what's expected of the package has been revealed and summarized in the following by Bloomberg. This is the sanctions pack, okay? EU proposed sanctions to target those involved in recognition of breakaway regions. It's kind of like when you give $20 to the convoy truckers, right, the Freedom Convoy, and now they froze your bank account because you gave 20 bucks. Now they've had their far-left goons who think it's so cool that Trudeau is freezing the bank accounts of their political opposition. Little do they realize that these far-leftist goon idiot morons don't realize that when you give a government that kind of power, everybody becomes the victim. Doesn't matter of your political your, your, your political viewpoints. Does not matter at that point. So anybody who recognizes the breakaway regions, well, I'll tell you what, you piece of shit motherfuckers, I recognize those regions. I recognize it. EU proposed sanctions to target banks financing Russian military and other operations in the region. This is how stupid these idiots are. How are you going to sanction a country that's been de-dollarizing since 2013? How are you going to do that? EU proposes sanctions against Russia's ability to tap EU's capital and financial markets. Don't need it. What Europe... The UK and the US doesn't realize is they are all legacy brands, legacy countries with obsolete markets and zero industry. 
versus the hot, on fire, blowing up, absolutely exploding economies that are in Asia and in Eurasia. Who, where are you going to put your money in for your return on investment? You're going to give it to the, to, to, to the insolvent broke West or the cash flush low debt East? I know where I'm putting my money. EU proposed sanctions target Russia's ability to tap EU's capital and financial markets. The sanctions also target trade from true breakaway regions to and from the EU. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are they going to do? They're literally what Europe is doing right now. And this is where the people of Europe need to stand up and put a stop to this nonsense. This is why Macron is seriously not worried about this because he understands what's at stake. It's not just high energy prices. And this got to wake up. I can't expect the Germans to wake up to this. I don't expect the Brits to wake up to this. I am hoping the French would wake up to this. And I'll tell you why. EU ministers to meet and finalize proposed first package of sanctions EU has prepared and stands ready to adopt additional measures at a later stage if needed in the light of further developments. European natural gas jumped 13% today. Oh, that's wonderful, Siege, in the dead of winter. Hours after Russian troops began entering Donetsk and Luhansk, Brent prices nearing $100 a barrel. We're going to probably see maybe $125 a barrel soon. German power and coal prices advance, and this all comes as Europe is dealing with one of the worst energy crises in years. Energy crisis brought on by the freaking politicians, folks. I am tired of people just honking horns. You know, if Maxine Waters could go out there and tell people to get in their faces, get in the face, make them uncomfortable, Maxine, James Brown, and Drag Waters was able to tell people, then the people, the citizenry of the West, for the love of God, people, for the love of God, this is your future. This is your birthright being flushed down the toilet by idiots with political science degrees, with humanities degrees, and with law degrees. Morons. Yeah, absolute morons. And and let's not forget to chime into this, V, that recently China and Russia signed a 30-year energy agreement Boom. in regards to the delivery of, 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 of energy. And what was that going to be settled in? Euros. Euros. I guess that's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> when they start doing bilateral trade and they start doing it under their own currency, then it's going to be game over. It's going to be game over. This is what the Europeans are doing. They're literally... There's two factions in Europe right now. One is the Franco-German faction. And you see the Germans because they're gutless and they're guilty because, you know, they've been told that they're evil and whatnot, so Germans can't be nationalistic at all because you're automatically labeled a Nazi if you're German and you become proud of Germany. And I love German stuff, man. I love all. Germany's the only country in Europe that hasn't outsourced their, their industry. And I'm a fan of German cars, and I love German watches. There's the Glashuta region in Germany, which makes some of the finest watches in the world. That are the rival of anything out of Switzerland. Hell, you know, you, you, you think of Patek Philippe is amazing. Pick up a Langazon, which is amazing. It's next level. They're the only ones with industry. But they don't have a spine. The French have a spine. They've always done their own thing as, as opposed to what the U.S. wants. Because they don't want... The French does what the French want to do. They don't always want to go along with, the, with, with what the U.S. wants. Now, let me explain something. I'm going to get into this, you know, as we 
break it down as we go further and further in this broadcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make a statement now and then dive into it more in detail later. Folks, it is in the United States interest to keep Europe dependent upon the US number one. It is in the United States interest to continue to de-industrialize Europe, to de-industrialize Germany, to gut them. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason why the U.S. wants Europe, wants EU as their vassal for life. And that's what Ukraine's about. Ukraine ain't about anything else but controlling Europe. Ukraine is about nothing else but controlling Europe. Hey, V, real quick and uh, breaking news. It appears that the Russian parliament uh, just granted uh, Putin the right to use the military abroad. So uh, they will be heading into those uh, two yep. breakaway areas. Yep. I've already heard from uh, from sources that that Russian armor is already in has already began rolling into the region. What's the what's the EU going to do? Ukraine ain't going to do nothing. They're too scared. What's the EU going to do? What are you going to do when you when you send in like ground forces and, and you're facing down the barrel of a T-14 Armada tank? What are you going to do? Nothing. What are you going to do when you take your woke, feminized military and you throw them against Spetsnaz? What are you going to do? Nothing. Russia understands that for the first time, you know, during the Cold War, Russians have always like, you know, they, they had, they understood, you know, they, they, they liked... Um, Americans. They looked at Americans as, 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 as you know, hopeful that things will work out, right? Russia's current attitude today is they had enough. The line has been drawn. They had enough. And they're ready to punch the bully in the nose and draw blood. Russia to Germany gas line pipeline was complete on September the 11th and has been ready to supply Europe for months. And now they just killed a 10 Billion-dollar Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline from Russia. Massive, stupid thing. It not only affects Germany, it affects everybody else. It affects France. And this is the reason why Macron was there, not only to, you know, meeting with Putin, not only trying to quell the situation that is in Ukraine, but to also try to come to some energy guarantees between Russia and France. And France has a bone to pick, especially with the with the the, the AUKUS agreement, with the with the with the with the whole submarine deal that the U.S. Biden administration stole from the French. They have a bone to pick. We have from our friend Andre over at the Saker, another wonderful website. And um, when Andre gets better health-wise, we got to, you know, when the Saker, when he gets better health-wise, we want to have him back on. It's been a while. Sitrep, welcome to the new baby twins, Donetsk and Lugansk. Mm-hmm. This is short Sitrep. Okay. Rats scurrying. Blinken, another genius, folks. An absolute genius. Tony Blinken. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another massive moron. That's who he is. A massive moron 
who should not. This is a guy, CJ, who is the master of mediocrity. This is a man, CJ, who should not even be allowed to manage a convenience store. Not at all. No. Nada. Like, this guy couldn't even cut working at a retail shop. But here he is, who uh, an individual, another one, because Washington, D.C. is full of them, another individual who failed his way to the top. Blinken moved all U.S. embassy staff to Poland. He says they will regularly return to continue diplomatic work in Lviv. And Lviv is the new backup capital of Ukraine. Because Zelensky, the Jewish comedian who leads an army of Nazis, has retreated to Lviv. Because remember, these idiots are under a massive LARP. A massive LARP. They're doing a live-action role-play. Like, this is World of Warcraft or something like that. Real-time. Poland raised cyber threat regime from one-fourth to three-fourths. Okay, they're, they're, Poland's up for cyber threat. Oh, my God. Joe Brandon said the recognition of the two Russian republics threatens U.S. security. <laughs> See, I, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know. Most Americans can't even find Ukraine on a map, let Correct. alone Donetsk, Correct. right? And Lugansk. Correct. But all of a sudden, Joe Brandon, the brain-dead idiot and all the freaking morons that are in his administration have said that when Russia is recognizing these two breakaway provinces, that it threatens the security. How does this threaten the security of the United States? Because Texas, uh, because Mexico may want Texas and Southern California back. Possibly. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> we don't want that to happen. You know, this is insanity. The Biden administration urged President Zelensky to move to Lviv, Western Ukraine, right? Because they have credible threats. U.S. National Security Advisor Feiner says, all evidence, CJ, confirms that Russia is now heading for military action and will not take the diplomatic path. My God. And this is why, the, this is why Sergei Lavrov says, it, it is futile to think that we can have constructive diplomatic uh, discussion with the West. It's, it's, it's gone past the point of no return. Bingo. Right. Yeah, yeah. Nambizi at the UNNC briefing, many of our colleagues are willing to attest that the Minsk agreements are dead, which is not true. Kiev still has to implement them. We, Russia, remain open for a diplomatic solution, but we will not allow for another bloodbath in Donbass. And for those that don't know, approximately a day or two ago, um, Vladimir Putin moved out. The Russians moved out over 700,000 Ukrainian, uh, sorry, uh, uh, you know, women and children from that area in Donetsk and Lugansk brought them into Russia and gave them all 10,000 rubles and set them up in camps, set them up in, 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 in hotels, provided food for them, the whole nine yards. Already, you know, very proactive there already. And the celebrations that were occurring, there was massive celebrations that were occurring in that area, okay? Uh, and the main test... Nebenzia goes on to saying in the U.N. Security Council briefing, and the main task of our decision on the recognition and independence was to preserve and protect these lives of people in Donbass. This is more important than all of your threats. Look at that. Because the U.S. folks, from, i tell you right now, there was weapons of mass destruction. Saddam Hussein, Saddam Hussein has it. 
Saddam Hussein has it, right? The first, that was George Poppy Bush, one of the greatest heroin traffickers in, in human history. And, uh, and uh, 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 when I came to power in, uh, t- uh, you know, uh, uh, 2001, September 11th, uh, I knew the terrorists were there. And uh, we need to go after Saddam Hussein, and smoke him out and bring him justice. In 2008, we were sold the bullshit lie of, of Nigerian yellow cake. And CJ and I have played many times the yellow cake factories in Africa. Have we not, CJ? We have indeed. We and have they indeed. make delicious yellow cake. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely mm-hmm. delicious pound cake that's being... <laughs> I mean, literally, we played a, a, a cake factory video of cake being made. <laughs> but Colin Powell, may he rest in pieces. Right? May, may, may he rest in pieces. Colin Powell uh, was out there talking about Nigerian yellow cake, and we went in and we destroyed Iraq and created a humanitarian crisis the likes of which the world has never seen. The reason why I bring this up is the United States plays very casually with human life. The United States like to go out and say, it's a champion of freedom, freedom. That's what they're offering you, freedom. They'll make you dumb if you listen to these morons, right? They want to offer you freedom and democracy. It's a democracy. Okay, that's what they tell you. But they're the biggest violators of human rights on God's green earth is exceptional stand itself, is the United States of America. They play lightly. They do not care if tens of millions of lives are lost. They don't care how many women and children are blown to pieces in drone strikes, that, like what the Brandon did in, in, in Syria, thinking he hit an ISIS member again. Again, killing women and children, hit nobody. It's incredible. The main task of our decision is to preserve and protect the lives of the people in Donbass, and that's exactly what they've done. Here's the Ukrainian representative to the UN. Uh, this is Kistelius, Kislitsias. I can't even say his name. Kislitsia. Kislitsia says Ukraine's one goal is peace. And the problem of Donbass must be solved through the Minsk agreements. Oh, look at that. Oh, Zelensky. The monkey with a hand grenade, according to... No, okay, I think Zelensky's again monkey trying his hand. hand. <laughs> He's trying his hand on joking, <clears throat> Siege. He's trying his hand on joking. <laughs> Zelensky. The monkey with a hand grenade, according to Russian parliament member Andrei Lugyov, squeaked all day long. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. They <laughs> Wait, the Russians call Zelensky a monkey with a hand grenade? Yep. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Oh, my God. We don't have time for history lessons, he says, while calling for emergency meetings with everyone. The most comical comment was that he's going to break diplomatic relations with Russia. There will be no war, he says, while also saying that he might institute martial law. This is what happens when you have a comedian as your president, folks. <laughs> a comedian as a president, and let's, and let's not forget that, like, no one's listening to him, right? Like, very, very little. Like, you know, NATO, the United States are not going to take what he says into consideration. That's obvious along the entire way, right? Like, how many times yeah. did we say that an attack is imminent? He's like, show us proof, show us proof. You know, uh, you know, once once there's a, an actual movement of this, we're going to launch these uh, tariffs. Why are you waiting on the tariffs? So, so the communication has been absolutely just just dismal. So absolutely. to think that Zelensky has any type of 
of, of influence. And I think that why that is not, not necessarily dangerous, but I think one thing to keep our eye on is just the separatists in regards to the uh, neo-Nazis who are there present in Ukraine uh, to, to thwart or to try to launch some type of offensive, take the weapons there, regardless of what Zelensky says. He may say that there's not going to be a war in escalation. He doesn't have a say-so. It's not his choice. Bingo. Exactly right. He's not the one holding the card. He's, the, he's a monkey holding a grenade with the pin off, <laughs> and he's about to throw it on his own people. That's Zelensky. Uh, Hobo Sermon says, uh, Rogue News TV, Syria just recognized the DPR and on and Yep, they did, alongside with many of their countries. They're starting to recognize it. They know the yes. deal, folks. <laughs> yes, but you know who didn't? Who? And, and I hope he gets smashed. I hope he gets completely smashed because of it. Our candle in the wind, Erdogan. Erdogan said that. Oh, and... <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> Erdogan's an idiot. You know, you know he's, he's oh, long God. past served his purpose. <sighs> you know, he, he's like, I want to be. He's so stupid. You know, the problem with Erdogan is Turkey's destiny is in the multipolar world, Turkey's future is in connection with the East. But this moron, Erdogan, the turd in the, the, in the hummus bowl, that I, I, I've been calling him for the longest time, the turd in the hummus bowl, his thing is to somehow be uh, be linked up with the West and somehow try to dominate what's happening in Europe. He wants to be a big player in Europe. He's an idiot. <laughs> he is an idiot. He's a moron. He's an idiot. We should let that coup happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and this is a guy who's, exactly, this is a guy who barely survived the CIA-led coup. He almost got his plane shot out of the air by a, a Turkish F-16. The only reason why it didn't happen, the pilot didn't have the balls to pull the trigger. And this guy who just survived a CIA-led coup is once he wants to play on his own terms. This guy's an idiot, a, a total moron, a, a complete idiot. All right, moment of sanity from Doigu Persenek, Secretary General of the Turkish Vatan Motherland Party. We see that a new world is being created. Yes, stupid it is. The Atlantic block is left behind. Yes, I'm glad you recognize that. The world is entering the Asian one. Correct. The U.S. idea of a unipolar world has failed. Yes. Now get that memo over to your president. Another moment of sanity. Putin's decision on Donbass completely changes the world order. This is the Serbian president, Vucic, has come out and said it changed the world order. 100%. And insanity. MFA Russia Zarkova. The letter by U.S. representative to the office of the, at, of the U.N. in Geneva to the U.N. High Commissioner for Human Rights, M. Blanchett, on the first steps to be taken by Russian authorities after the inevitable military invasion of Ukraine has puzzled us. This is Maria Zarkov, one of the most smartest people out there, right? She's brilliant, an absolute savage. As usual, the U.S. diplomat represents information from questionable sources. That's what we do. Because we're not a country. We don't have a functioning political system. We have PR agents, CJ. We don't have politicians or statesmen. That's all this. We have PR yeah. agents. That's all they are. They're PR agents for their private interests that, that think they run this country. The private interests that are raping, robbing, and pillaging this country and this country's wealth, its country's future, this country's progeny, you name it. Right? That's what these politicians represent. They're PR agents. So they don't need any reliable, any sort of reliable real sources whatsoever. Zerkova goes on, as the ultimate truth by informing the UN High Commission for Human Rights that Moscow has in place plans for cleansing the occupied Ukrainian territory from resistance forces. Not only that, but the Washington Post 
has come out automatically. Season. They were already fired off volleys that Putin is going to throw into camps their trans, LGBTQ, RSTUV, <laughs> pansexual, uh, doggy-loving, puppy-smearing, uh, 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 schmuckety-schmucks who identify you, 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 mean as, you mean the CIA Amazon-backed Washington Post? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. The CIA Amazon-backed Washington Post quickly put out a, a presser that if we don't stop Putin, all the fags are going to be thrown into camps, and all the queers and the purple hair beaver dump bumpers. Which, how many of them actually live out in that region? <laughs> I mean, this this is as a uh, this is again. These are idiots who go through college in America and are some of the dumbest morons who are running our policy. PR agents, right? It doesn't matter if the if there's actual truth. It's all about the PR. This is like the whole you know feminist and women's studies package that they try to float in Afghanistan. Or feminist studies in Pakistan. Like, what in God's name? <laughs> so Zerkova goes on and says, it's obvious this letter fails to stand up to any scrutiny. In fact, it can be discerned as delirium bordering on insanity. Oh, she's absolutely right. China, right? Here's Wang Yi, Tiger Wang, baby. This is what Tiger Wang had to say. State Council and Foreign Minister Tiger Wang had a telephone conversation with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Oh, my God. The brain. The brain. He had a conversation with the brain, Siege. Blinken, one of the most smartest of the smarties. <laughs> Blinken. An absolute failure of a man. A guy who should throw himself into a wood chipper. Seriously. He should just throw himself into a wood chipper. I'd pay to see that. Anthony Blinken earlier in the day expounding China's stance <clears throat> and generally repeating that security concerns are now urgent and must be resolved through negotiation. <gasps> wow. Negotiation. But they're incapable of negotiating. But that's not all. During the phone call, Tiger Wang also urged the U.S. side to fulfill a series of promises that the U.S. President Joe Brandon has made to avoid sending the wrong signals on containing China by its new version of the Indo-Pacific strategy and by its provocation on Taiwan. Question else, there will be confrontation with Beijing. Spectacular plain-down moment by digging the knife. The important recognition that Zone B stalwarts are right in there. The Houthis, who understand clearly what it means to live under war conditions, right? We all know about the Houthis, right, in, in Yemen. Under war conditions, Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, Syria, uh, Abskaya, and South Ossetia are ready to recognize the newborn twins. Today is sanctions day. The list starts with Germany suspending Nord Stream 2 certification, pending yet another report. U.S., a ban on investments to the DPR and LPR, as well as any import of regions, goods, services, or technology to the United States. Oh, my God. What, what's going to happen? My God. Where will the DPR and LPR sell their 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 goods too. Hmm. Will it be to the broken solvent West or will it be the cash infused East? America also banned the export of anything to the republics. Furthermore, Washington has made it completely illegal for any American citizen to conduct financial transactions with breakaway states. <laughs> CJ, maybe we should go and set up a crypto mining operation over there. There we and, go. And a cannabis farm. Who knows? <laughs> Spot on. And it has also frozen DPR, LPR assets currently in U.S. banks. From now on, any individual involved in business or politics on the territory of the newly recognized republics may be subject to personal sanctions from the U.S. 
unless the person works with the CIA in toppling the DPR. And all, but then, then, then you'll be fine. UK sanctions five Russian banks and three Russian high net worth individuals. Russia Bank, IS Bank, and General Bank, Promiskia Bank, and Black Sea Bank were named as part of the first crunch of UK's response. Alongside the financial institutions, three very high net individuals, Gennady Timoshenko, Igor Rottenberg, and Boris Rottenberg, have had their UK assets frozen. EU won't recognize Russian passports issued to citizens in the DPR and LPR. How would you know? <laughs> How would you know that this person who now holds a Russian passport, you you know they're from the DPR or the LPR? This is how dumb people are, man. This is how absolutely stupid and moronic these idiots are, Siege. It's unbelievable. And here we have blowjob, right, as we're coming to the down the straits of this whole entire thing. And then I'm going to tie it all in and make sense of it all for you guys. Here's we have blowjob. Look at Blowjob and his illustrious hair. Blowjob's always looking. He is he is a brain looking for a hairstylist. Or he's a haircut looking for a brain. I don't know. Either or you pick. Well, either or, yeah, exactly. Either or. UK Prime Minister uh, Boris Johnson announced on Tuesday that Britain is imposing a series of sanctions under the government's new and unprecedented powers. Following Russian President Vladimir Putin's decision to recognize the breakaway Donbass republics, five Russian banks, Russia, IS, General, and Provence, Prom's Viac Bank and Black Sea Bank were named as part of the first tranche of UK government's response alongside high net worth individuals. The tree, the, the tree, oh my God, I've spoken like a true New Yorker, Siege. The tree, the tree guys, the tree guys that are targeted. Have, <laughs> <laughs> the three that have been targeted have been linked to Putin, oh my God, with the US Treasury Department having previously designated Boris Rottenberg and his brother Arcadius members of the Russian leadership's inner circle. Rottenberg siblings have reportedly trained alongside Putin at his judo gym. <gasps> CJ, that's it. They did judo with Putin. Now they're sanctioned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I love it. They don't know what they're doing. Does this guy, look at this guy. This is this clueless servile public relations agent here. Posing as a statesman, this guy, he's trying to have his Churchill moment, just like that I- I- idiot, uh, Liz, uh, 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 Elizabeth Ewer, whatever that, whatever her name is, Tar, whatever, right? Who was over there in Moscow meeting with Sergey Lavrov when Lavrov just left her and he walked off the stage. That mo- Elizabeth Tar, Liz Tar, whatever, right? That moron. Try to have her, her, uh, her, um, what the hell is the prime minister's name? Jesus, I just went blank. The Iron Who, Lady. Where? Mar- Margaret Thatcher. She was trying to have a Margaret yep. Thatcher moment, and this idiot is trying to have his Churchill moment. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, here is the thing. Russia is setting up military bases within the region. Yeah, Liz Trust. Thank you, uh, 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 Dixie. Appreciate it. Russia is setting up military bases in the Donbass area. Okay. Um, that's going to put a stop to all this. Now, I said earlier in the broadcast, Ukraine is about containing Europe. It has nothing to do with Russia. Now, that sounds crazy. 
right? Let me explain something to you. The money powers and the oligarchs of the West have understood they cannot contain Russia and they cannot stop China. They know, and they had their Suez moment. They've had several Suez moments, but the real Suez moment was in Syria back in 2014 or 15 when the Russians stepped in and told the U.S. to go pound sand, and it's exactly what happened. And that's how the war turned. But you talk to most Americans today, especially those who are just waking up to this whole entire thing, they think Donald Trump destroyed ISIS. No, Donald Trump didn't destroy ISIS. It wasn't Americans till this very day. American forces protect, coddle, and provide logistics for ISIS. Just like every other terrorist group is a U.S. intel creation, pretty much. Bet your bottom dollar. Now, what is this all about? I'm going to share with you something that you're, going to, you're not going to hear anywhere else. Why? Because I'm the gorilla in the economist. This is exactly what's going to go on. The U.S. economy is the engine of the entire West, particularly. It used to be the engine of the world. It's not. It's the engine of the West. Every single financial fraud that is done in the world requires the health and longevity of the U.S. dollar and the U.S. financial and equities markets. We have entered a realm, right? You ever wonder why that, you know, there's such a, a, a pushback. A, anytime somebody wants to start some sort of a manufacturing in the United States or anywhere in the Western world, folks, in general, why do you think there's such a massive pushback? Why do you think regulations have made it so impossible for the West to reindustrialize under the auspices of the fake climate change bullshit? Why do you think they use climate change as a pretext to deindustrialize the West and destroy the West's quality of life? Why do you think that is? Because a physical economy, a production-based economy, a manufacturing economy is kryptonite to the speculative economy. Just like mathematics is kryptonite to these far leftist nut jobs. A physical economy is built on real price discovery, real free market action, real accountability, real underlying assets, real mark to market. And that is a death, an absolute nail in the coffin to the speculators who have been destroying Western civilization at a rapid clip. These locusts that inhabit Wall Street that, and that inhabit also the city of London. These locusts who have created derivative products and sold it all throughout the world. They never want Europe to reindustrialize. In fact, they want even Germany to deindustrialize. They want the great German marks, the great German brands to be offshored in other places throughout the world and places that they control. Not even China. They don't even want them to go there. They want 
them to be elsewhere. They don't want any industry. And so the move has begun to keep Europe in a state of shock, to keep Europe on a state of dependency. Why? Because the West is trying to move their population into a technocratic neo-feudalism. They're destroying the middle class in the West, both in Europe, the UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and here, the last holdout of Western civilization, which are the red states here in the United States of America. Now, why would they want to do that? The only thing they have going is their paper fraud. They do not know anything else but their paper fraud. Folks, I've said several times how much money that these guys make on the derivative products. I said several times the derivative trade that is occurring with the the interest rate swaps and the bond fraud to keep the bond fraud going. I'm going to explain to you this way. Keeping Europe energy dependent and moving Europe, okay, moving Europe into a Green New Deal, moving the UK into a Green New Deal, moving the United States and Canada and the entire Western world into a Klaus Schwabian economic great reset, where there's VAX passes, where there's uh, um, social credit scores, where you'll own nothing and be happy. In order for that to exist, they have to destroy not only the physical economy, what's left of the physical economy here in the United States, but also in Europe. And folks, let me explain something to you. The European Union was specifically set up to do that. In 1968, J.P. Morgan Chase, okay, J.P. Morgan created, J.P. Morgan Bank created an organization called Euroclear. It's a company I'm pretty familiar with. Have some first-hand dealings with. That's all I'll say. I'm not going to get into that. But Euroclear's purpose was to create the euro bonds that eventually brought about what we know today as the European Union. Euroclear today is also one of the bolt holes in which dumped U.S. treasuries are held. Euroclear operates in 96 countries. Euroclear is basically, you might as well call it a subsidiary of J.P. Morgan. Euroclear and other organizations like that, they are incredibly involved in the bond trade, in the derivative trade. When you have a broken down and poor and destitute Europe that is dependent upon and is a vassal of the United States, you keep the bond fraud going. If Europe industrializes, if Europe finds its backbone, if the population of Europe becomes more nationalistic and they break away from the European Union and they decided to start reindustrializing their countries, the, bra- the, 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 the paper fraud ends and the U.S. economy, the paper economy f- falls apart. So this is a last-ditch effort. They know they cannot stop the the East. They know they can't stop the multipolar world. They know they can't stop China. They can't stop Russia. So what they're trying to do is control the last vestiges of nationalist usurpers that are in their respective countries. This is why the Trudeau administration is going after anyone who gave $5 to a a trucker to to go and, and help them out. 
This is the reason why in the United States they're going after anybody connected with Trump or has Trump-like ideas or, or believes in freedom or is nationalistic. This is why nationalism kills the banker fraud. The bankers have been utilizing their paper fraud in order to swap fictitious paper for real assets. They've been doing that forever. And, 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 and stopping Russia and having, this is the whole thing about Nord Stream. Nord Stream had nothing to do with Russian influence. It had everything to do with the paper fraud. If Germany gets more energy, if Europe gets more reliable, cheaper energy from Russia, then they're not going to get it from U.S. proxy sources. And if they can't get it from U.S. proxy sources, the U.S. cannot make all the derivative and financial products around it. This has all to do with fraud. It has all to do with trade. It has all to do with keeping the financial oligarchy intact. The oligarchy doesn't want an industrialized West. And any cooperation with the West and with Western countries and Russia means prosperity. This is why they don't want the United States to be friendly with Russia, to be friendly with China. This is why they've conditioned those on the right to hate China and those on the left to hate Russia. This way nothing gets done. And the only thing that gets done is what serves the few. Folks, there's a great derivative trade that is maintained in Europe. And Europe is very, very, very integral into it. If you if they lose Europe, if the globalists you, you know they lose Europe to to uh, uh, um, nationalism, if they lose Europe to industry, then they lose their power and they lose their money that they've been making trillions every single day on the churn. Think about that. This you, Ukraine has nothing to do with containing Russia. It has everything to do with keeping Europe as a vassal state of the United States of America. That's all that this comes down to. That's all that this comes down to. And, and there are amazing individuals who have given you the strategic layout, guys like Andre Martinov and the Saker and all the others. Like, I'm, I can't wait to hear what uh, Pepe Escobar's take on this is, is, is as well. But the financial aspect is this. This is the financial game in the background. If Europe goes, if they lose Europe to nationalism or if they lo lose Europe to industry, they cannot perpetrate the derivative fraud. The derivative market, folks, oh, my God, it's still in the quadrillions. It is quadruple the size of the equities market. You know, people laugh. Oh, you know, they're like, well, you know, look at the crypto trading. It doesn't make any sense. There's no real, it's not reality. It's not based on anything. Well, if you if you think the crypto things ain't based on anything, wait till you look at the derivatives. There's absolutely zero underlying assets. And yet thousands upon hundreds of, 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 of offices of financial firms are involved in the derivative trade. Hundreds of prop tests churning tens of trillions of dollars a day in the derivative trade. A fake, fictitious market. And they need that in order to have their social credit score, to have their Green New Deal, to have their carbon credits. 
This is the big game here, folks. These parasites who are pushing their paper game, they need to go. They need to stop, and we need to wake up. Siege. Yeah, I think you nailed it, V. Exactly. Um, You know, just a few uh, additional thoughts to contribute to that. You're going to hear a lot of speculation. In the next few days, you're going to hear a lot of speculations. Where do we go from here? You know, no one has a magic, you know, crystal ball as, as this happens. A few things that you have to take into consideration is that we are in the last 11th hour of witnessing uh, NATO and the and the current administration. Yep. And I think that's one thing you have to take into consideration is that you you never want to put or or try to understand someone when they're at the act of desperation. And we're witnessing with that with that with the Biden administration. What's the approval rate? Thirty seven percent. And I think why that's key is because if they're going to attempt anything to really shift something, something major, um, apparently NATO just put 100 fighter jets on notice and all that kind of yada, yada, yada. Um, And you're going to hear a lot of people say that, you know, NATO is not going to do anything. You know, it's going to happen when you're dealing with people who are in the act of desperation. You don't want to put anything past them. You, you, You truly don't. That's why you see these drug heads that go in and they they rob and. You know, people do crazy shit, right? Like when when things like that happen. So just so just keep that in mind. Um, I, I th- what I'm about to say is com- I'm completely speculating. I don't have any facts or any information as it relates, but I can I can I can say that if they're going to swing public opinion and really trying to warrant something, uh, th- there's still a threat of some type of false flag event. So yep. so I think for that reason, I think it's safe to say that I'd have some extra cash outside of the U.S. banking system um, in case there's this, quote, unquote, t- some type of a, of a cyber a- attack here domestically um, in the United States. I think we need to safeguard those things. I'd also look at energy. Um, if, if you don't have a generator, I, I would potentially consider maybe having one. I think it's a good idea. I have one in my garage. I have a couple, you know, a couple of uh, extra uh, containers of gas in it that I, I keep just in general. Um, and, and again, I'm not trying to like, you know, sound the alarm bells or anything like that. I'm doing. I'm telling you some things that make you know make common sense because we're dealing with a, a, a an absolute pivot, a change away from Western hegemony, and they're going to do everything that they can to try to sustain that. So, so that's the first thing. The second thing that I want to state is that as we head into this weekend, uh, CPAC is is getting ready to take off, and you're going to see every conservative try to leverage the failure of what's taking place and, and blame it on Biden. And, and, and that's, that's fair to say and, and to assess. But what I challenge every one of our listeners and the people who are listening in to really question is this, is to listen to actually the details of what they're saying and do they truly understand the geopolitical ramifications, what's happening you know, with Ukraine? Or are they, speak, or are they firmly just speaking and, and talking to you about politics? Oh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. And I guarantee you that's going to happen. And, and I challenge anyone, if anyone wants to send me a video of anyone at, at CPAC that questions in regards to U.S. policy and what's happening in Ukraine, uh, I'll send you 50 bucks. I don't want to hear about politics. I know that's going to that's a given, right? They're going to talk about Biden. I'll send you 50 bucks if they truly understand the, the geopolitical dynamics of what's happening, you know, in, in the Ukraine. And the third point is this. As we reach this point and people are trying to understand the, 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 the failures of what V pointed out in terms of, of, of what's happening and people still aligning themselves with, you know, I'm a conservative and, and, and I don't think people really even understand what that means. 
Um, there's a great chart you can pull up. There's a great site you can go and, and look at. And it's basically it's like U.S. debt by president. And it details out the growth of, of debt that's been added by president over the last, you know, whatever years. It goes all the way back to Eisenhower, uh, Kennedy. You know, it's funny. Kennedy's growth in the debt was like twenty two, twenty two point six billion. I mean, what is that now? That's like that's like a, a penny. Right. Compared to what we do now. <laughs> yeah. and, and where most people will be quick to point out the failures of what's happening to the United States, to this current administration, it's been an epidemic failure of, of the Republicans and Democrats historically. You know, yes, things domestically, you know, are definitely impacted. But when you look at the mismanagement of our economy, the mismanagement of of our debt, that is is, is really like the, the major concern, especially inflation, especially as people are looking at the dollar and how it wages you can go back clearly to understand that, you know, it, it, it truly escalated. Going back to George H.W. Bush, it was $1.5 trillion that was added. Bill Clinton added $1.4 trillion, which was 32% increase uh, from the previous administration. George W. Bush added $5.85 trillion, which was a 101% increase from the $5.8 trillion at the end of the Clinton administration. Barack Obama added $8.6 trillion, a 74% increase at the end of Bush's term in 2009. Uh, Donald Trump added 26.9. Uh, the debt was 26. He added 6.7 trillion to the debt, uh, which was a 33.1 percent increase. Uh, it, it just happens. It, it, it's it's time and time again of mismanagement of responsibility from people that we align. And 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 I and I think that's real key to point out because you're you're going to see the opportunists take over the conversation here, and they're going to be quick to point blame and say. Biden's done all this. He, Biden's been in office one year. Granted, he's been a, a, a dismal failure, but, you know, and, and I think that's why truly that, you know, again, going back to United politics, why Trump didn't want to win the election. He he didn't want to be responsible for this massive shit show of what's happening here. And and um, why I say that's relevant as we as we lean and move forward to this is that I, I, I've said this a couple of times on different podcasts, but it's going to be important for us not to fall back into that mental trap that that left right paradigm is going to make a, a significant difference as we navigate through this because you know time and time again it happens it happens again and and we have a unique opportunity here we have a unique opportunity because i think we are sharing the correct message in regards to what's happening geopolitically and what's happening with our economy what's happening with 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 the dollar and like what harley schlanger always says he, he hardly says this every time. If we if we reach new people, we reach new people to understand truly what's happening, and we 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 inform them, we educate them, we try to get them to understand of what's more happening versus just the raw emotional state that most people react upon. Right? That's what happens most of the time. You know, it's it's you know if you read the uh, the, the you know some books out there that map this out, but we can do better than this. We can truly reform and and change things as we navigate through this and and what i'm excited about is that you know today marks 2 and this is a unique opportunity to really see a massive change outside of the same broken system of the west that truly doesn't really do anything to to help people in general i'm talking about like you know main street the the the, the working poor versus profiting to the top one percent and we can change that it's just going to take some time to do that and and v 
explain emphatically of why that's happening. V's also talking about the decade. Uh, v, you, you have to remind me every time. What'd you call it? The decade of um, the lost decade. The lost decade. We're 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 in, we're in that period right now. We're in the lost decade of that period. And the million dollar question is: Is that at the end of that decade, do we come out better and and, and a new system evolved, or do we same with the stay with the same paradigm? That we're currently living and we're just we just continue kicking the can down the road that's that's a million dollar question to me v absolutely right you know it's funny um as you were talking uh pepe escobar just published his post and i'm just going to run through that real quick cj hit on some major major points this is not we need to get out of this stupid left right paradigm man absolutely right 100 it, it's got to stop otherwise we'll never learn anything this is from our buddy Pepe, Pepe Escobar. History will register the birth of the baby twins, Donetsk, Lubansk, People's Republic, only a few hours before 2.22.22, was time simultaneous to the birth of the real 21st century multipolar world. Wow. As my columns have stressed the last few years, Vladimir Putin has been carefully, and this is funny that Pepe did this, because uh, I put this meme out yesterday as soon as, as, soon as you know, Putin did what he did. Vladimir Putin has been carefully nurturing his inner son, Sue, and now it's all on the open. Let your plans be dark and impenetrable as night. And when you move, fall like a thunderbolt. No way. He did not. Yes. He just yes. put that out. <laughs> he put that out. <laughs> that yeah. Was, that's, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, man. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very the cool. Thunder, the, the thunderbolts were in the process of being meticulously polished. To paraphrase Lenin, who created Ukraine, we did live many decades in only these past few days. Isn't that true, Siege? Yep. It seems like we've lived decades in just these past few days, man. Yep. Yep. It all started with the detailed demands of security guarantees sent to the Americas, which Moscow knew would be rejected. Then there was the Russia-China joint statement at the start of the Winter Olympics, which codifies not only the strategic partnership, but also the key tenets of the multipolar world. The culmination was a stunning, nearly one-hour-long address to the nation by Putin, shortly after the Russian Security Council live session, deliberating on the request for independence by the DPR and the LPR. A few hours later, an emergency U.N. Security Council meeting, Russian Permanent Representative Vasily Nibenzia precisely outlined why recognition of the baby twins does not bury the Minsk agreements. The baby twins actually declared their independence in May of 2014. This is true. In 2015, they signed the Minsk agreements as one of the interested parties. Think about that. Theoretically, they could even back be back within Ukraine if Kiev would ever decide to respect the agreements, which they never happen, which will never happen because the U.S. has vetoed it since 2015. Remember, this is the empire of chaos we're dealing with. This is exceptional stand. You know, you're the dumbest country on God's green earth, the most evil, banal group of morons ruling a country is us. Moreover, the people at Donbass do not want to be subjected to a regime harboring neo-Nazis. As Nebenzia outlined, I would like to remind you that all at, at the time of the conclusion of the Minsk agreements that the LPR and the DPR had already declared independence. The fact that Russia today recognized it does not change the composition of the parties of the Minsk agreements. Since Russia is not one, another thing is that Minsk agreements have long been openly sabotaged by Ukraine under the auspices of our Western colleagues. 100% right. Now we see that many colleagues want to sign that Minsk agreement, or want, want to sign that the Minsk agreements are dead. 
but this is not the case. We are still open to diplomacy, but we do not intend to allow a new bloody massacre in the Donbass. Think about that. This is a serious, serious insight here. We, yep. The Minsk agreements was never negated, but what's the West saying? Oh, the Minsk agreements have been ruined. It's gone. No. You guys have been actively sabotaging it. You guys have been actively showing the people of Donbass and Lugansk. You guys have been creating bloody atrocities there while these people are trying to negotiate. So in order to stop that from happening, we're going to recognize these two people as independent, these two regions, because they've already declared their independency back in 2014. They've already said it. So we're going to move our forces and then to make sure that there's no longer what? Bloodshed. And here's a clincher. Directly addressing the imperial support for the killing of ethnic Russians in Donbass. The main task of our decision on recognizing independence was to preserve and protect these lives. This is more important than all your threats. Amen. There you go. Responsibility to protect. A concept invented by the Americans to launch wars, used by Russia in preventing one. That certified nullity, German Chancellor Scholz, deriding Putin's characterization of genocide in Donbass as laughable, was a decisive factor in the birth of the baby twins. Putin in his address to the nation, especially took time to detail the Odessa massacre. We cannot but shudder when we remember the situation in Odessa, when people were burned alive, and those criminals who did this, they are not punished, but we know their names, and we will do everything to punish them and bring them to justice. Holy smokes, man. Wow. Yep. What about China? Geopolitically, in Eurasian terms, two huge questions stand out. The role of the CSTO and the response from China. If we look at the Article 19 chapter of the CSTO charter, we learn that any state sharing the goals and principles of the organization, right, and being very ready to undertake the obligations contained in this charter and other international treaties and resolutions effective within the framework of the organization may become a member of the organization. That would be open the door for the baby twins as soon as they have finalized all the bureaucratic endeavors pertaining to the new independent nations and to request the CSTO membership. Incidentally, CSTO Secretary General Pashyanin has already gone to Moscow to discuss it. Boom. Boom. China's way more complex proposition. One of the key tenets of Beijing's foreign policy is the fight against separatism. Embedded in the foundation of the South of the SCO, the Shanghai Cooperative Organization. So Beijing cannot possibly recognize the baby twins or what would amount to Novorossia. Yes, Putin did pronounce the magic word before Kiev itself does. Or a serious possibility, or a serious possibility, completely disintegrates. The foreign ministry so far has been extremely cautious. Wang Yi has reiterated China's long-standing position that the legitimate security concerns of all countries must be respected, and the purpose and principles of the UN Charter must be upheld. Further on down the road, presumably after some serious exchanges between Wang Li and Lavrov, China can always find a myriad of ways to unofficially help the baby twins, including advancing BRI-related connectivity and sustainable development projects. Remember what the U.S. said. Anybody doing trade with these two republics will be sanctioned. Watch how China moves. Can I pause you for just one one second? Because I don't think Pepe addresses it in here. And, uh, you know, I think I'm not educated enough to speak to it, but I think there... I can't remember reading in a post that China may be a little bit hesitant about recognizing the provinces, the the two, because Taiwan, because, you know, Taiwan is, 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 is pretty much, you know, diverse. 
Um, I don't know how many the the percentage of people that actually live in in Taiwan that are actually Chinese, um, but that's something to take into consideration as the way that that China looks at this um, uh, in in regards to Taiwan independence and and what we're just witnessing in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. As for the Kiev disintegration, that's directly into Moscow demanding the immediate stop of the mine of the mini Blitzkrieg against Donbass. Otherwise, they will bear full responsibility. Yes, regime stalwarts will be hunted and punished, complete with possible war crimes and tribunal. No wonder all sorts of oligarch and political rats, big and small, are scurrying away to Lviv, Poland, and the UK. There you go. The Munich effect. The intervention of all 12 members of the the Security Council session combined with Putin's address to the nation was the stuff of gripping geopolitical drama. Putin's body language and the look in his eyes testified to the immense gravity of the moment, and it all came to the forefront when he embarked in a a concise history lesson spanning a century. Barely containing his anger at the countless ways Russia has been vilified by the West and taking no prisoners when referring to communism, what mostly stood out was the clear-cut rendition of the insurmountable antagonism between the Anglo-American islands and the civilizational heartland or the clash between maritime powers and land powers. The Eurasia classic was the bulk of his exposition. The recognition of the baby twins took less than three minutes. The Munich Security Conference this past weekend has made all so explicit. Munich, as testifying as it was in terms of congregation of headless chickens posing as eagles, at least confirmed everything is in the open. The enemy is Russia. NATO infinite expansion to outer space is against Russia. And then we had a parade of add-on threats. No disarmament in Eastern Europe, cutting off Russian economy from the EU, the end of Nord Stream 2, Ukraine and NATO, world order built on universal liberal values, right? Munich spelled out no compromise whatsoever, which was exactly what Putin, Lavrov, and Prushchev and co. expected. The warmongering rhetoric burying any meaningful discussion of migration, inflation, cyber wars, European energy crisis, and, of course, the only thing that matters for Missy Matt, military-industrial complex, congressional intelligence, media, academia, think tank complex, as defined by Ray McGovern, let's milk this Euro trash lot for an untold billions of new contracts. Let's isolate Russia. Let's destroy Nord Stream 2 to sell them our ultra-expensive LNG, and let's keep them on the leash forever, just like I said. It's all about containing Europe. It's all about keeping Europe impoverished, deindustrialized, and the European leaders as a bunch of lapdogs and oligarchs who are being thro- who are thrown bags of money. This is it. This doesn't, folks. Let me explain something to you. Sanctioning Russia does not benefit Europe. Having Russia as an enemy does not benefit the people of Europe. It only benefits the oligarchs who are leeching these parasites in Brussels who are leeching the people of Europe. That's what this whole entire thing is about. That's what it is. Once again, the military technical measures that will be reciprocal. Putin, to what the U.S. and NATO stand, are already deploying against Russia. They won't necessarily be implemented in the Black Sea. The Sea of Azov in the airspace above Donbass, even in cyberspace, it could be anywhere, from the Syrian theater to Latin America. Surprise. That's what strategic ambivalence, ambiguity, or let's get down to the rhythm, swing is all about. You don't believe in the principle of indivisible security. Fine. Now we di- now we dictate the security rhythm. You're not going to stop deploying nuclear weapons outside your territory. Fine. Here's some re- reciprocity. 
You're not going to accept legally binding arguments in our security? Fine. Meet our military technical measures. Now dance, suckers. Boom. <laughs> well said, Pepe. Well said. <sighs> See, I think we gave a, a, a thorough rundown of this whole entire geopolitical event. And this event is fast. It is fluid. If more things happen, we'll be back online to discuss it. 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. Be back here, 2 p.m. Eastern. Matthew Errett will be on for the great game. And uh, I think after this show, I think you guys have a real understanding what this whole game is about. See, do you want to add anything? Nope, we're good. We're good, V. And with that being said, folks, we are over and out. See you back at 2 p.m. Cheers. <laughs>